Have you ever wondered what the follow-up episode to an episode that started, have you ever wondered what the most underrated Star Wars book was, would be like? (laughs) (laughs) Apologies for that. Here we are. This is that episode. Brilliant. There you go. Hello, welcome back to the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Um, we're here to discuss parts three and four of Servants of the Empire. Hopefully, you've already listened to parts one and two and have since caught up and read those. Because mm-hmm. um, you've had a week. The kids, the kids' books. Anyway, I'm Chris, uh, Star Wars Book Collector. I'm joined here by my fellowship boy, Dan. Do you want to say hi, Dan? Hello, hello. Happy to be here to talk about these great yeah. books again. And you'll know Dan as Vader's Castle Library. That is me. So yeah, we are here to discuss book three and four. Um, so Dan, you're now caught up, aren't you? After having only read the first yes, two. Yes, I have finished the Servants of the Empire series officially, and my life has changed forever. I was going to say, because <laughs> I've been bigging it up for a long time, and obviously you were halfway through it last time, so now you've finished it. Before we go into a deeper dive, what's your quick impressions of this, the series as a whole? Like bullet points. Loved it. Loved the entire series. Thought from book one to four, it tells a complete and very interesting story. Great tie into Rebels. Great individual story. Wonderful characters. Probably, well, no, 100% definitely the best sort of junior novel entry into Star Wars canon that I've read collectively, these four books. Um, even though at times it doesn't even feel like a junior novel, feels more like YA. Brilliant stuff. Loved it. S tier, agreed with Chris. S plus tier, SS yep. tier. We can't, no, we can't call it that. S plus tier. <laughs> God. <laughs> God. Okay. Oh, this is this episode's gonna be fun, guys. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> weird segue. Actually, the third book in the series is called Imperial Justice. <laughs> God. Um, and it was published on July seventh, twenty fifteen. Obviously, by Jason Fry, same as the first two books. Um, so we'll discuss that one first if that's okay dan absolutely makes sense Great. it's the first one in chronological order yep <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ um so uh imperial justice book three how did you find that book specifically dan yeah no i really really like this one this was this was like a, a very different book to what i expected and quite a i mean they're all kind of a bit dark but this one was like particularly quite dark this was literally just like yeah a book about imperial oppression and nothing else like um this is a book about like zare being forced to oppress people like a fascist and his girlfriend marae having to sort of navigate and escape her and her family being oppressed by fascists like that's a pretty dark thing for yeah a junior novel but it was handled so well. The story was really exciting, interesting, lots of like nice twists and turns. Um, yeah, and I really, really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I mean, to, just to add on to that, Morgan, our fellow, um, don't know quite a shit boy yet, but a <laughs> fellow um, Star Wars book community podcaster, um, also read these recently, and they were messaging me as they were reading it, being like, how the hell is this a kid's book? Yep. Like, this is so heavy. <laughs> No, it yep. is absolutely isn't it yeah. so yeah it's rebels and it's got rebels cartoon covers and all that but i can't think of an adult book that's this dark 
mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. And if they are, it's usually just like cartoony Sith stuff, isn't it? Yep. This is actually like Nazi oppression. Yep. It's crazy. Um, But yeah, I mean, I personally really like this one. It might be my favorite of the lot. Because one, because you get Zare's POV of the Empire doling out that justice, but there's more to it than that. There's a really good play between him and his sort of rival in the Academy, Oleg. Because they're kind of forced to work together as oppressors, aren't they? Um, And a lot it's a lot deeper than you think. And his character's a lot deeper than you think with his family, which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say the biggest, the biggest win of this book is Murray's story in it. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Murray's story really is so good. I mean, their story is good, but it's a continuation of book two. So it's yeah. very much that it's leading up to book four. Mm-hmm. Whereas Murray's story is so good yeah. because, um, Murray in this book, you have to fill in the details, Dan, because I can't quite remember the exact details, but they, Murray's parents work for the intelligence bureau and they're the kind of people, they're actually the people that are hunting for the hacker that infiltrated the Imperial network, which yep. is their own daughter. So to throw them off the scent, Murray and her new boyfriend not a boyfriend we don't talk about him <laughs> you know love rival for Zare. um i can't remember his name he they Jinx. his name's they Jinx. essentially frame <laughs> someone else <Yes. laughs> they just pick a random person a random a girl's, teenage girl from another a random school. teenage girl from one of the schools <laughs> and pin it on her yep uh, and it's all about that and then her trying to navigate that and then working for increasingly seedier people um but then also making um making friends with so they they get her to become like a crime enforcer so the kind of person that goes around to collect the racket money isn't it so she gets to go around but then she makes friends with this old guy um i can't remember his name is it like whole chef it's something like that yeah yeah he's a who's who's basically he that he's paying this crime syndicate to hide him from the empire. So basically, and it's it's not even hidden, he's a, a Jewish person hiding from the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's an artist and he's extremely clever. He's not a criminal. You know, he's just, he's persecuted for expressing himself with his art, isn't he? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, it absolutely reads like, if you take away the lasers and stuff, <laughs> that you're just reading the story set in a Nazi occupied Germany. Yep. It, yeah, it, 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 it's frighteningly similar. I mean, it's obvious. Yeah. It's obvious what Jason Fry was going for, but I imagine to perhaps, I mean, even the, the name Holschef is quite a Jewish sounding name. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine the, the sort of the younger end of the readers picking up this book might not pick up on it, but I imagine that, you know, sort of kids reading this who are at a certain point through their sort of high school years or even through their later primary years, reading this will probably have learned a lot about sort of Germany and World War Two and all of that through school and might start joining the dots as they're reading this book. But I mean, yeah, it was kind of like blindingly obvious to me when reading this <laughs> that it was yeah. like, this is like the Star Wars allegory of like Nazi Germany. And I was like, mate, 200 pages ago, we were talking about grav ball. We were playing grav ball. And now, we're... <laughs> and now we're in Nazi Germany. Yeah. And like, I mean, and then you go back to Zare's story and Zare and Oleg are 
there's a there's a big imperial clamp down which actually happens in rebels it's it's mostly to do with what the ghost crew have been doing so there's a big clamp down in capital city on lafal and everyone is basically encouraged to snitch on each other if anyone's doing anything anti-imperial <clears throat> they're yeah. supposed to sort of like snitch on your neighbor they're going zero and oleg are going door to door trying to get people to admit to like not properly labeling you know it's one of the things that they go it's like um a restaurant or a pub or something like that that's not got the proper tax label on the barrels that are getting delivered so because of that they bring like a stormtrooper regiment in like and that information came from being ratted out from someone else so it's all this like um sort of surveillance state turning everyone against each other again we're still talking about a kid's book yeah (laughs) (laughs) honestly like i said i said this last episode but just listen to what we're talking about just google the covers for these books yeah and then just try and put those two things together in your head mental (laughs) yeah and um and you know as you were talking about Murray's story yeah i thought Murray's story was the highlight of this book i thought it was really interesting seeing a young teenage girl working for a criminal organization and then on the run from her own parents who they didn't realize that she's who they're chasing yeah because they're they're not bad people they're good people they're just doing their job they're just doing their job um and i I won't because i'm hoping that people listening to this will go and read the books but i won't spoil the ending but particularly of marae's story it was a very shocking and quite violent conclusion to her story in this book um yeah with what goes on with the crime syndicate that she's working for and the decisions oh, yeah. that she makes at the end to to try and escape that syndicate i thought it was really surprising and a really powerful end to that sort of um yeah it's, it's not a subplot it is the second parallel as equal important I, i'd even say that book. this book it's the a plot Murray's. yeah, yeah. Um, um zez is obviously good but Murray's definitely has a bigger spotlight in this one. Yeah. Um, but and I'd in say terms that's, of... That... Sorry, carry on. I was just going to say, in terms of Zare's plot, it's not a spoiler to... Because it's on the cover of the next book. It's not a spoiler to say that by the end of this book, Zare is going to the Arcanist Academy um, where he hopes that he will find his sister. Um, and that whole... Sort of the interaction with the Grand Inquisitor and the relationships the sort of conf- confrontational relationships he has with some of the Imperial officers who are quite suspicious of him because of what happened in the last book versus the Imperial officers who see potential in him and are trying to nurture and support him. By the way, nurturing and supporting, turning him into a fascist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kids book. Um, that that stuff is all really, really interesting as well. And, and that relationship with Oleg, I won't say what happens with Oleg, but that was pretty tough and powerful that was really well. tough yeah yeah like this book is the darkest of the four 100 yeah considering that the the fourth book we'll get into that in a minute it's the most obviously dark in a more traditional star wars way yes but in terms of the themes and the emotional weight definitely this is the darkest of the, yeah. of the four books yeah. i mean and and that's that's what i was going to say um before you interrupted me <laughs> i'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> that's, a, that's what i was going to say is it's not just it's not just the obvious themes the obvious nazi parallels it's it's mature in and way above what you'd expect from a junior novel in the emotional complexity of yeah. the characters yeah. even in small details so there's a moment in this book where 
Zare gets off for winter, no, because he doesn't get off, it's not that bad. Uh, he um, <laughs> leaves for winter break, so he goes back home. Uh, and in that time, he's using it to find out what he can, speak to his parents and stuff like that. But Murray, obviously, she's looking forward to it because they've been separated for quite a while and she's going through some serious stuff at the time with these crime syndicates and stuff. And Zare's not interested. He's so preoccupied with his own thing mm-hmm. that he just doesn't give her... Just not that he doesn't give her the attention because she's not that kind of character, but there's like real fractures that appear in their relationship that again a child reading wouldn't wouldn't pick up on it mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. as adults reading it we're like oh <laughs> we've done oh. that before <laughs> yeah i've been, seen this before this ain't gonna go well um and it and it, it doesn't it, look i'm not gonna spoil it but the way it leads again is like not what we'd expect from these books nope um so yeah, just the emotional complexity of that, and the emotional complexity of the things that Marae is dealing with. So the 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 fear she has trying to protect Zare, but also her dis uh, disconnection from Zare at the same time, uh, and also doing that while the fear of her parents and them finding out of the Empire, but the guilt of the things she has to do to survive that. Yep. It's really heavy stuff, but it's told yep. so breezily. Like it reads, it's like the easiest read in the world. Yeah, yeah. It, you, you could rip through these all four of these books in one sitting if you really wanted to. Yeah, Jason Fry has an incredible way of dealing with the most heavy themes. That you read the book, you're like, "Oh, this is great, really enjoying this," and then you stop reading for a bit and think about what you've just read, and it's like, "Oh, so I've actually just read an entire book about." Uh, fascist surveillance state using kids to you know enforce their fascism and i'm like right okay that did not feel like what i was reading <laughs> over the past yeah. hour because it is a breeze to re- as you said it's a breeze to read but yeah he just does it. yeah jason fry is the goat he's so good <laughs> yeah he's amazing i mean it's, it's like the we said about the kid it's not just nazi germany that you get parallels from it's the child soldiers from um certain african nations mm-hmm. you know there's a there's an element of that in there as well communist uh, russia communist it's, russia yeah. yeah 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 like he's drawing from everything but putting it in a rebels package yep. with chopper and all those guys you know exactly exactly because they they do show up again don't they in yeah this... we get a little bit of a uh, little bit of spectre three and four is it maybe yeah so it, you get chopper and um zeb is it zeb in this one yeah, I think they use Zeb and Sabine. Yeah. Because I, 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 I know um, there's a note from Ezra, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there, there's a little Ezra scene in this book as well, but we can mention it later on when we talk Rebels tie-ins. Yeah, no problem. So, I mean, we don't score books, but if you were scoring a book out of 10, this is a 10, right? Yeah. I, I mean, if it's not a 10, it's a 9 point eight nine do you know what i mean it's it's, um no 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 it's it's just a really really good one and i'm now after talking it through of you debating on whether i prefer three or four because yeah i think one and two are are, are excellent books and one was my favorite of those first two and i think if i want to pick up a book and have fun i'm always going to go back to one but three and four really hit differently and really finish this series on 
a very impactful high. I mean, let's look at all four books as a whole, right? So in the first episode, we we made comparisons, didn't we, from the first book to um, John Hughes' things like Breakfast Club, yeah. um, Pretty in Pink, even Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay, so imagine that, yeah? Imagine Ducky from Pretty in Pink for anyone over the age of 35. Um, now, imagine he has all those high school episodes with the dance and, you know, he really likes that girl, but just like him. Then imagine in the next movie, he becomes a Nazi. <laughs> yep. That's what we're dealing with. Kids book. Kids book. Um, um, should, we, should we talk about the fourth book? Yes, so the fourth book um, is called The Secret Academy, mm-hmm. um, and that was published um, about four months later, on October the 6th, 2015, so just about eight years ago, uh, roughly. Jeez. Yeah, and this is the third, the fourth and final book. It, the the clues in the title, it's all been leading up to this Secret Academy on Arcanus, which we've seen reference in other things. Mm-hmm. This is the big project harvester mystery dark hogwarts it's you know yeah it's all been building to this um and this is where we get the resolution for the whole series so dan what did you think of this one right so this one i absolutely loved i think before we started talking i was like this is my favorite book um talking about how good imperial justice was kind of just made me question myself but maybe by the time we finish talking about this it's going to solidify how much i love this one this one was absolutely brilliant um this one structured slightly differently to book three. Book three, obviously, we had Zare and Mere's story sort of running concurrently throughout the book. Whereas in Secret Academy, the first like 100 or so pages is like part one, Zare. And then we jump to Murray for part two. And then the story sort of all they converge, don't converges in, in the third part. With some special guests. With some special guests. This book is excellent. It's super dark as well like so so for, for if people aren't going to read these books and just want a bit of context about what it's about in this one um Zare goes to the Arcanist Academy which is where sort of particularly good imperial cadets go to become officers but also where the inquisitor has been sending project harvester for sensitive kids to go um when he gets there he realizes quite quickly there's this like secret organization within the academy the commander's um, club isn't it the, the like commandant's that. club yeah yeah commandant's club that's it yeah and they basically meet in this tower which is forbidden and no one's allowed to go there so there's like that must be where my sister is so he basically decides that he has to be the best officer possible to join this secret club so he can find his sister um the the secret club there's a lot of parallels you could make i could not get out of my head very rogue comparison but the neighborhood watch alliance in um in hot fuss (laughs) because they all good yeah because they all sort of go around in these like black cloaked yeah uh, hoods and there's it's 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 your traditional secret society isn't it yes secret society um with brendel hux funnily enough um, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. The younger is... Brendel Hux as the commandant, as the leader, the officer in charge of these these cadets. Um, there's some really, really dark stuff in this, like kids getting killed, dark stuff in this. Um, I think I counted it throughout this book, like 
four or five people under the age of 18 getting killed, which is kind of mad when you think about, again, this is a junior novel. Yeah, and these are named characters. This is not just named characters who you meet and get used to. This is not Anakin lighting his lightsaber and it cuts away. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the actual character, the actual kids being killed. I mean, there's there's a, there's a moment in this book where our hero, I mean, spoilers, we're talking about book four, so spoilers, um, where our hero is sentenced for execution. Yep. And he gets to pick his last meal. Yep. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yep. And there's another moment where, big spoiler again, a character who we haven't seen since book one, um, Beck. Yes, this was crazy. He returns, and the reason he's been missing this whole time is because after he was arrested, he was brainwashed and turned into a good soldier, follow orders type of um, cadet who um, I mean, he has a sort of redemption moment at the end, but this is a character who was essentially brainwashed into forgetting. He was Ron Weasley. Yeah, he was Ron Weasley. <laughs> in, the, in the first book, it was like Zare, Leonis, um, Zare, Murray, and Speck were oh, like right. okay. Harry, Ron, and Hermione. <clears throat> now imagine Ron gets captured and brainwashed into a thingy and then turns on and ships and shops Harry. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, what sorry, I, was, I was just trying to remember the part of Harry Potter where Ron got like brainwashed into becoming <laughs> like a dark wizard or something. Well, he did have that love potion, one one. And yeah, all true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I I love this book and Murray's storyline in it again. It's shorter, but it's really powerful and really impactful as well. Um, and the whole way everything comes together, the entire story of these four books perfectly converges at the end of this. Um, and even the the concluding plot of Star Wars Rebels season one wraps up into this. I mean, yeah, Jason Fry is a master. He ties a lot of I don't know what the, the he he knits a good sweater with lots of different colors of string. Let's, let's call it that. Yeah. Have you seen that meme where it's like it's about Phil Collins uh, about his Tarzan soundtrack, and it's like, <laughs> hey Phil, yeah, it's just. It's just it's just a jungle movie, so it just makes some like kids jungle tunes, and then it's like cut to Phil Collins, and he's like got this amazing symphony constructed, like gone way up overboard. That's Jason <laughs> Fry with this series. Like yeah. he's just been just yeah, just do like a little tie-in series with that kid from that one episode, and he's just created this like magnum opus epic, mm-hmm. which which is so clever. Like the fact that it t- ties in like Arcanus, it ties in. All of the events from the it, it runs along the timeline in the background of the uh, Rebels season one. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, you don't even know it's doing it. But then something happens, you're like, oh god, yeah, that's that moment in Rebels later on when then when that happens, and um, so you got all that going on. But also it it seeds Brendel Hooks and the fact of his um, child soldier program. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning of the First Order. <laughs> it's the beginning of the First Order. You know what I mean? This is... Oh, mate. Yep. <laughs> How is this? Like, no one talks about these books. I know. I feel like I was so out, outside of the conversation and now I'm in the... Mate, now I'm a part of the secret society of people who have read Servants of the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> I've been indoctrinated into the secret society and I never want to leave. They're greater good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, 
you asked me how I how I felt about this one. How did you feel about this one? Yeah, I mean, it's a great it's just a great conclusion. I've been I, mean, I think at the time I didn't love it as much because it I tend to not like con- con- um, conclusions as much. I like the journey better than than mm-hmm. the resolution because the resolutions tend to be quite neat and they tie things into a bow and you get a lot of conveniences and stuff in the story. This doesn't really have that, um, but it's definitely a different, it's a shift in tone to the previous two books and it's different. And like, I love Zara and Marais so much. So the, where they are in that book hurt me emotionally, <laughs> um, but it's, it's wonderful. Like it is, yeah. it's honestly wonderful. Book three is my favorite. But this is an absolutely fitting finale, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a fantastic finale, and um, I mean, some of the like the the relationship that sort of gets wrapped up between Zare and Lieutenant Chiron, who's I was about been, to say that, yeah, who's sort of been this like good cop sort of character the whole way through. He's been very supportive of Zare. Um, he ends up at the Arcanist Academy because he's doing a bit of snooping for Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh, and he's a bit interested in the secret society of people who are all sort of blindly following Brendel Hux. So that's like an, a, a neat little sort of like Easter egg of, oh yeah, he, he's Tarkin again, like keeping an eye on all the other Imperial officers like he does very well. But there's a, I, I won't spoil completely spoil the sort of ending of this book, but there's a pretty sad conclusion to the cheer on Zare story um, yeah. after Zare's been arrested um, in the same way that there's a very sad sort of conclusion to um, Murray's family's storyline on, oh. on Lethal. Uh, and uh, just for a bit of context with Murray's story, she, after sort of succeeding in Imperial justice and getting everyone no longer looking at her, people start looking back at her again as a potential suspect and she's caught up in it all over again. And her priority is to rescue whole chef. That is essentially her one priority because she's an incredibly good hearted um, girl. And in doing that, she puts her family at risk. She puts herself at risk. She puts Zare's family at risk. Um, yeah. And the, the conclusion to all of that, and how it sort of then feeds back into Zer's story is really, really powerful as well. I mean, one character I'd really like to put a shout out to is um, Leo Leonis, who is Zer's dad, who for, for throughout the, the, the book, Tefa, Zer's mum, has been completely in on everything. She knows the Empire is bad. She knows what Zer's up to. She knows what Marais up to. She knows that Dara's gone missing and they're lying about it. Leo Leonis has known nothing. He's just been blindly loyal to the empire the entire time and the moment in the book where he finds out that everything's happened and his reaction is oh there must be a mistake or contact the authorities or this can't be true just shows that like he's a good man but he has been part of this like indoctrination of the empire where he believes it's good he believes in everything they do and he actually leans closer to believing the empire than believing his own son and his own wife which yeah. is like and his missing daughter yeah crazy yeah. um oh god i mean as well there's a moment there's a, a moment in this we speaking about Marais storyline she discovers through her super hacking skills that zare 
is scheduled for execution. And that she doesn't she's not speaking to Zare at this point because they've broken up. Mm-hmm. Like they've broken up because Zare's been kind of a dick to her because he's yeah. been so focused on on obviously trying to save his sister and being a secret you know, a secret good guy in a Nazi school. I mean, fair play to him. I get it. Um, so, and then her priorities shift again, and it's like really emotionally powerful. Like, if 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 at this point you're investing in these characters, you're investing in their relationship, um, and it's it's wonderful. There's, I mean, we've all read a lot of Star Wars books. Everyone listening to this has read a lot of Star Wars books, and you know, the difference between a good Star Wars book and a great Star Wars book is how you connect to those characters. Yeah, absolutely. So you can get some books like um, Rise of the Red Blade, for example. I know a lot of people love that book. I didn't really love it, love it, because even though it was action-packed and it was hitting all those beats of, oh, we're getting to see a look at the Inquisitors, like, I didn't really connect to the characters that much. So ultimately, I didn't really care what happened to anyone. So the stakes weren't there for me. I enjoyed it. It was a good book, and I see why people love it. But something like this when it puts such an effort uh, emphasis on those characters and their relationships, when those big moments happen, they hit so much harder, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. And God, we just, we could make an hour of the recording of us just saying how good this is, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh no, absolutely. And I've decided that our one mission needs to be to try and interview Jason Fry on this podcast. Oh, God, because yes. I just want to talk to him about this for an hour. Um, yeah. But I mean, we could, I'm we talking about, about other stuff, I'm, but it's going to be about this. I'm about to make a claim. The Servants of the Empire series is the best look at being an ordinary person during the reign of the Empire in Star Wars okay. Full Stop. I'm immediately thinking of other things that could, could... that could. I mean, Lost Stars is like the other one. Lost Stars, I'd say Catalyst. Because I don't know if you, if you read Catalyst, Dan. No. So Catalyst, obviously, is Galen Urso's story, Urso and, Urso and Krennic. Um, but the really fascinating part of that book is Galen Urso's wife, Lyra, uh, mm-hmm. and her having to deal with all that. Obviously, this is, that's way earlier in the Empire story. Um, but that's probably the only thing I'd say that really comes close to this. Yeah, because I think what's so amazing about this is you get the kids, and the kids are phenomenal, and you get, like, you know, being... A, kid, a, ch- a child soldier you get being a kid on the run because you've done something bad towards the empire you get but then on top of that you get their parents mm. and what it means to 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 be you know a parent or just an ordinary worker mm-hmm. uh, but then you also get the likes of like whole chef as well who's like an incredibly powerful character of like what it means to be someone who's like and the whole reason that whole chef, which is really depressing. The whole reason that he is running from the Empire is because the Imperials on Lothal put out a order that basically said, not only could you not be anti-Imperial, you couldn't be nostalgic for the past. So because his poetry and his artwork was nostalgic for the past, he was wanted. That was the, that was all he did. He just, he just made poems about what Lothal used to be like before the Empire. And that was enough to for him to have to spend the rest of his life hiding in basements. Um, so seeing that element... At the like, mercy of crime lords. At the, at the mercy of crime lords. So seeing that element as well of like, this is what ordinary people had to deal with when the Empire were around. 
I just don't think any Star Wars book has quite been able to land all the different types of ordinary people in the way that this has. And again, this is a series of four kid book, kids' books, which probably, as four books, has less words in it than Lost Stars. And I love Lost Stars. It's a masterpiece. But yeah. I, do, I don't think Lost Stars does the ordinary people dealing with the oppression of the Empire in the same way that I'll say the Empire else. does. Chris's hot takes, Chris's bold claims, TM. <laughs> These four books together are better than Lost Stars. I mean... They're like neck and neck for me. I love Lost Stars. I love the. It's like I just cut they're like two morsels of the same dinner that I just could eat forever. No. Both like, yeah. I mean, Thane and Sienna are wonderful characters, but they're not as good characters as Zare and Murray, I don't think. I. Like in terms of. Yeah, I think. I mean, that book is doing two different things. It's taking two people on either who, who are on opposite sides of the war. Um, whereas this is obviously like, you know, two people who are, they're on the same side of the war. They're just on different. So one of them's outside of the empire. And one side in hairs so. here. We're talking about tens here. Which one's more of a 10 than the other 10? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're both incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but one thing though is like Lost Stars, I do think this book would be, I'm going to say this book. And when I say this book, I mean all four. Mm-hmm. Would be a wonderful miniseries TV show. Oh come on, yeah. Like if you if you take book one, beginning of book one to the end of book four, mm-hmm. that is a perfect, I'd say, two season animated show by Dave Filoni. Don't yeah. change, don't change anything. Like it Just, works perfectly yeah. as a show. Yeah, the the rebels art style. Yeah, rebels the, art style with the rebels voice actors. But where maybe with like more of the obviously the today kind of like maybe throw some of the bad batch coloring on it and the higher yeah. animation of like that yeah. darkness, that that would be incredible. I, I mean, I, to be I honest, I think that. there's probably like ten episodes in this. I think they could probably do it in one ten episode miniseries. Probably, very, I'd like very to see comfortably adapt <laughs> two season. Um, but part of me, I mean, you say that, but I reckon you could get at least half a season on the first book with the grav ball stuff. just more grav ball yeah but let, um let jason fry write it just let jason fry write it i mean the part of me doesn't want that to happen because i would hate it if this perfect story was ran through the ringer by the awful star wars fans that only watch the tv shows <laughs> like, oh this is pointless what's this there's no lightsabers there's no zoomy zoomy lightsabers you know what i mean <laughs> Although there is a lightsaber in, there, uh, in yeah, book four. There is. there is indeed. Um, but it, it would break my heart to yeah. see this story in those people's hands. You know. Yeah. Um, but my next question actually for you is, and I think this is a fitting question and it's an exciting one to think about. What would you want to see from these characters next? What, what next? Um, just more. And I, I mean, why can't they just... I think the perfect I, the, the perfect story is another four epi- four book miniseries by Jason Fry, and I want it to be set after the fall of the Empire. So, sort of in the same mm-hmm. timeline as a Soko Ar- Mando and stuff. Well, starting in like the aftermath timeline, oh, yeah. like a, so a, a year after kind of thing. No, no, no. I would like to see the first book. I would like to see Zelionis and Murray's reaction to the Death Star blow, the Death Star two blowing up, and the the Empire falling, 
And then I would like to see, because I imagine Zer and Murray are the sort of people who join the New Republic. That's how I, I imagine, imagine they're characters. rebels. Yeah. I imagine um, that at this point they're rebels because they would have had to have gone into hiding after everything yeah. that happened in the end of this yeah. book. Yeah. So, so that would be what I would like to see. Maybe four books set over like five years and, it, you know, it can start at the fall of the Empire and go right up to sort of like the Mando timeline sort of spanning across what aftermath tells and that that would be the storyline i would love to see for these characters and then give jason fry more time to come back to them when they're like 40 years old during the sequel timeline and then they're like oh this hux guy <laughs> we've met his dad and he was a dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you know what though i feel like if, if if i was writing this story right i'd base it on carries first so yeah perfect set it for the empire um, and then dealing with the Imperial remnants, and maybe, maybe, oh god, perfect, right? Zare and Murray, they're part of the rebellion now. They're older, they're grizzled, you know. They've been through some shit. I know that's one of our phrases we say on this thing, but they, you know, they're they've been working in the trenches essentially for the past ten years, yeah, since the end of this book, end of book four, um, and then. M happens and they have to they haven't spoken to each other since they have to team up meet up because they have to disassemble the Imperial Academies oh yeah I love that I love that yeah do you know what I mean yeah. and then that's the first, the yeah. society all of that yeah that's like the first couple books and then when the New Republic is established and a nice happier galaxy is brought about after the Battle of Jeddah for example Zelionis starts up the New Republic Gravball League. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then we get another Gravball book. We've kept with Kazuda Ziono, because I feel like Kazuda Ziono from yeah, the system definitely plays has Gravball vibes, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 he's definitely into it. Right, Jason Fry, if you're listening, please write yeah. these books. Because do you know what? Like, I feel like because of everything, all the themes present in these books, you've got a really good stories tell of Murray and Zare being Nazi hunters. You know, like um Munich. Have you ever seen Munich? Yeah. The movie. Yeah, yeah. Well Where I mean also also like Mossad and all in, that. Um, like Nora Wexley and her crew were Imperial hunters in Aftermath as well. Yeah. I feel yeah. like they could be that because they were I mean Zare in particular is in a really unique position where he has been an Imperial through it all. Mm-hmm. Um and he's seen the darkest, most secret parts of the Empire. Tarkin's stuff that Tarkin didn't even know. Zare's seen that. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, and obviously, Brendel Hooks was part of it, and Brendel Hooks is a massive part of the contingency, which would have been happening around that time. Mm-hmm. So he, they would oh, go man. to him for his knowledge of Brendel Hooks. Oh, man. Give us more books. Come on. <laughs> Jason Fry, listen to this. That's your story right there. <laughs> the thing is, you wouldn't even have to pitch it as a Servants of the Empire storyline. You could, you could, you could sell it as uh, a post-Empire um, launch first origins of the First Order storyline. Yeah, exactly. And then it just happens to feature these characters, which you don't need to know about the previous story because you know we get these books all the time, and it's always original new characters, isn't it? It's always new people you have to get to know. Yeah, just use these guys. Yeah, they're great. Um, I, I, I guess the only sort of the last little bit that I'd like to just mention before we finish is like the Rebels tie-ins again. Yeah. Um, so in, in book three in this one, we get a little, you mentioned it earlier, Chris, we get um, 
a little bit of Chopper who sort of comes in and delivers this note. And then there was a really brief little scene between Zare and Dev Morgan, Ezra Bridger, in an alleyway. Over the hook. Um, London where, <laughs> where, um, where Zare gives Ezra a load of information about like what the Empire are up to and what they're planning. And that feeds directly into Rebels. Like That's something that is referenced in season one of Rebels, where Yeah, Ezra they use says, that information. Yeah, Ezra says, Zare has given me information. And then I think the information they use ends up in them getting caught in a trap, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but it was Good still job, like, legit information, at least from what Zare was thinking. I think it was Agent Callus was involved. In, I think Agent Callus was actually in Imperial Justice and snooping about a bit. Um, yeah. But it's in book four in Secret Academy, majorly ties into rebels because like at the beginning of the book Zare's like oh this grand inquisitor guy is still asking me questions i think he's gonna kill me because he knows i'm not force sensitive cut to big spoiler if you haven't seen rebels season one the grand inquisitor dies outside of this book and then Zare finds out that the grand inquisitor is dead and was like oh well that's a that's a concern off my shoulder thanks ezra <laughs> yeah i mean that's the whole angle we didn't talk about the fact that there's a, a lot of intrigue and tension about how he gets into Arcanus. Um, mm-hmm. And so he, they, they award it to him early. They're like, oh, you do you, because he uncovers, it's to do with the Oleg thing, isn't it? So spoilers, don't get that. So something to do with Oleg, he gets re- rewarded essentially for his part in that. And they go, we're going to accelerate your application to Arcanus. You're going to go to the, the big best special secret school and it's wonderful. But what they're actually doing is they don't trust him. So they're, they're putting yeah. him there just to, to essentially to kill him. Yeah, and they think to he find also, out. Yeah, they also think he might be force sensitive. So they're like, let's just send him off there. Yeah, because obviously um, they know his sister is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, um, and then um, the ghost crew, in all their glory, uh, minus Hera and Kanan, um, make a really nice appearance at the end of the Secret Academy to sort of help with the final prison break yeah it's they're just people it's that moment isn't it of yeah. like yeah. Murray rocks up and she's got the fucking ghost crew with her yeah because exactly. so, at this point Zare's trying to escape and he's in like he's up shit's creek yeah so you get a really and this is something that doesn't happen in the rebel show this is something that they went off and got up to you know in between the seasons i guess yeah um but it's a great little way to sort of tie up the series and sort of stick to the 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 rebels tie-in element and i think that is one of the things i love so much about this series is yes it's a rebels tie-in but it doesn't lean too heavily on the rebels characters it tells its own story with its own wonderful characters and when it needs to sprinkle a little bit of ghost crew in there it uses them sparingly and perfectly yeah so guys obviously you were listening to this let's talk about this for probably an hour and a half now over the last two episodes if you've read them <laughs> wonderful if you haven't go read them but what i what need you to do is we need to form a mob mentality now <laughs> so what i need you all to do is to go out and be really obnoxious and make everyone <laughs> read these books because i've been doing it yeah and i think dan's gonna do it now yeah oh yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and we need to make sure that disney and lucasfilm here us spreading the positivity and the joy about these books so that they let Jason Fry write more. That is our mission now. <laughs> yeah. Also, Jason Fry, if you're listening, you're not listening, but if you are listening, 
we want you on this part we want to speak to you about servants of the empire we talk about your other stuff as well like last jelly novelization whatever but i want to talk about <laughs> servants of the empire <laughs> to be fair i love everything he's done yeah i was gonna say if, but if, this if, is his magnum opus in my opinion yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the uh, red and black books we we were very very positive about just a few weeks. Yeah, ago they're and great. Can and catch up. So uh, and like I said, the last Jedi novelization is the second best novelization after after Revenge of the Sith. It has that whole moment where Luke um, imagines his life if he doesn't if he if he never left and uh, he's yeah. married and all that and it's wonderful. Yeah, because I genuinely think Jason Fry might be in my like top five Star Wars. Oh, yeah. authors at this point. <laughs> Yeah, he was. He, for a long time, he was yeah. my number one. Um, it's like Charles Soule, Claudia Gray, Kevin Scott, Jason Fry, Timothy Zahn. Like, I hold them in that echelon of, like, writers for me. Um, right, I think we've been, we've been just um, obsessing over these books for the last 47 minutes now. I think we should probably let the good people go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go live um, your lives, guys, but spread the yeah. good word. I was going to say, I don't know if we've, I don't know, have we had an episode of this podcast where we've just gushed about books quite as much as this? Um, I was going to say Lost Stars, but then Morgan shit all over it at the beginning of December. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's, to be honest, we haven't really hit the, hit the really, really good stuff yet, have we? Apart from Lost Stars in, in yeah. our pan and catch up. Most I mean, of it's been really good, but. Yeah, I mean, Dark Disciple pretty positive oh Lost yeah Stars, Stars, pretty positive but that's pretty but, much it but yeah to be honest i think it was maybe just because it was us two and we just got into like a a weird circle jerk of like seventh of the empire appraisal yeah <laughs> and with that with we that, will stop and with that circle jerk we will stop <laughs> um so yeah thank you for listening guys um obviously we do this every episode but dan where can people find you uh, at Vayas Castle Library on Instagram and basically every week on Canon Catch Up, uh, which will be back next week to dive into the beginning of Marvel Comics publishing of Star Wars with Star Wars Volume 1. And it'll be me and my fellow shit boys, Chris and John. Yeah, so Skywalker Strikes is the next one. But That's obviously, it. we also have with John, me, and Dan, uh, we have the Comics Roundup coming yeah. up which, which I think is coming our... out on monday the next monday from when you're listening to this podcast yeah so if you've never listened to that and you'd um because it's not one of our highest performing things but it's our favorite show so even if you've never read the comics just give it a listen because it'll probably give you some context for what's going on in star wars and it might make you want to read the comics so um give it a listen it's mainly just us making dick jokes <laughs> <laughs> about comics so yeah pretty much and yeah. saying how much we love dr afro that's pretty much it yeah yeah sounds about right but it, we, it's, it's, it's our most it's the show we have the most fun on so um listen to that so yeah um chris where can people find you oh yeah star wars book collect sw book collector on instagram and facebook i want other things as well but that's my main two things um and on this podcast uh i've done couple of legends one recently the comics one and then we've, i'm always on canon catch up aren't i so yep regular guest <laughs> yeah cool. so but we want some more engagement guys so if you like an episode don't like an episode agree with something disagree with something comment on our instagram posts yep please do um or facebook posts 
we don't have many followers on there because I haven't really pushed it, but comment. We want some engagement and then we will bring those up on future episodes if you have questions and things. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, guys, and may the force be with you. Bye. Bye. Bye.